Kimberly Grimes on. Kimberly, are you there? Yes, I am here. Hi. <laughs> Can you tell us about yourself? How are you? I am well. I'm well. Um, gosh, I don't know where to start. My name is Kimberly. I've been living in Atlanta for about six years, and for the last almost four, I have been running Baba Boom. And basically, it's an intimate aesthetics and wellness center. Started off as just waxing, and then I started doing funky shit like, oh, I'm gonna diet and I'm gonna shape it and do, you know, different little shapes. And then we started getting into the vaginal steaming and the vaginal fitness classes and all that stuff. So, yeah, anyway, that's who I am and what I do. And that's all I can really, yeah, that's it. <laughs> That's amazing, and that was that was great. <laughs> so I have Kimberly on today because we get tons of questions about vaginal hygiene and just comfort with our vulvas and our vaginas. So I thought I've been following Kimberly for such a long time now, and I admire all of her social media and all of the work that she's done and just her openness. And I thought... Well, she sees a lot of vulvas and vaginas, so why not have the expert come in and talk to us about it? So thank yep. you so much for being here with us. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. So the first thing that we do on any Vagistine podcast is we do sex news. So we have a couple of stories today. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So there was a study that literally just came out this week from the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism. And the study was about the phase two clinical trial uh, that started out with 320 male participants. Um, and they were looking at birth control in males, which we've been waiting for for a really long time. So what ended up happening was that only 20 of the 320 ended up dropping out um, because of side effects, which were depression, mood changes, acne, uh, increased libido, and pain at the injection site. And then you had two, two of them... Um, stopped the study because they couldn't handle the side, they just couldn't handle the side effects, and one of them committed suicide while the other one um, did not regain control, um, re did not regain his sperm, con like, coming out anymore, so... Um, oh! <laughs> so, the reason I bring That's this up... <laughs> The reason I bring this up is because, I mean, one, it's super, I mean, this is something we've all been waiting on, but two... Um, some of the commentary that has come out has been like, man, these men are so weak. Like we've gone through this for so long and y'all can't handle some acne for real. So <laughs> what are your thoughts yeah. on the stopping of the male birth control study? I mean, um, gosh, that's, I've heard of the study, but I'm just getting all the details and yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty intense. Um, you said 20 out of 320 dropped out? Yeah. 
And it was I because think that that's, you know, of uh, the side a pretty effects. high number considering all the other things that you told me. Um gosh, my mind is blown right now. Um I don't do birth control personally. Um I know this is TMI. When I was no. nineteen I got on birth control for about three months, um, you know, one pack and I experienced a lot of those symptoms. I was not you know, in the best mood, mm-hmm. um, my acne was horrible, <laughs> I was bleeding in between my periods, my teeth were loose, my hair was falling out, it was just not a good mix for me oh, at no. all, and um, I stopped taking it, and I've been a condom-only girl for mm-hmm. a really long time. Um, Get it. And my body doesn't agree with it, so I definitely feel where the men are coming from, um, however, as strongly as so many men I know feel about things like child support and becoming dads before they're ready, I think they just need to suck it up. <laughs> I didn't think about that aspect. That is something to think about. Yeah, I I mean, I'm mixed because I'm with you where something doesn't work out. And of course, like, hey, you need to stop it, of course. But I think where I'm the other half of what where I'm reading some commentary from women, women are like, um, from like 1960 on, we've been having like birth control side effects and all this shit happening to us. And then here you come talking about some, but it hurts. And so I could see where (laughs) I could see where some like the women who have been coming for the men and some of the the pieces I've been reading, I could see where the frustration is. But I can also see where, okay, if something's not working out, and you're in a study, fine, like, that's what we're here for. Stop it. And you know, the scientists need to go back to the drawing board and figure out you know, which combination of, um, you know, hormones will work um, in order to get this thing going. I mean, I, I'm i glad that it's at least being tested. Um, I know this is going to sound really malicious, but <laughs> I think it's time to, you know, kind of give guys a, a taste of the medicine because it's so easy for you to say, oh, just get on birth control, right. you know, so that I can go raw. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so easy for you to say that, but yeah. you've never taken it, you know, and I think a lot of men um, kind of, they, they don't get it. Yeah. They don't get it. They think it's just so easy to just swallow a pill or have a patch or take a shot that has all these hormones and chemicals being dumped into your body. Right. And it's like, dude, you don't, you don't know what this is like, you know, it's, not that easy for a lot of women and for a lot of women they're not able to get pregnant after the fact um i have a couple of clients that are in their 30s and they want to have children but they've been on birth control since you know their senior year of high school Mm -hmm. all that's working out of their body and Mm -hmm. it's taking them years to conceive you know while the guy that they're messing with can go out and have as many kids as he wants Mm -hmm. you know on the side because he never had those hormones in his body or those chemicals so Um, I mean, I hate it for the guy that didn't regain his sperm count. I certainly, certainly, you know, feel for the family of the man that committed suicide. Right. But, you know, this is what it's been like for a really long time, and this is what you wanted. So <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Here's science doing its thing. Yeah, I, I, I'm totally with you. There's, there's just so many schools of thought on this. And I think the other thing to think through is I'm not sure when these clinical trials started, but I think some of the other backlash has been like, okay, 
like birth control has been experimented on, especially on communities of color. And there's been like adverse side effects and it's taken years for some of those things to be shut down or years for us to look at, okay, what's the effects? Whereas with the men, I don't, again, I don't know when they started, but for some people it seemed like, oh, okay. So you get to shut the study down like as soon as possible when people are having adverse side effects. But when we were doing it in women, it was like, well, Let's just keep seeing how. Let's see how it. Let's how keep seeing how it works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, did they give the racial makeup of the study? I... Like, how many black men? How many white men? Did that they give a... all those details? That's a good question. Let's... I'm curious because I'm in this. Okay, here. And one of the regular complaints. It's it's a group with mostly African Americans, mm-hmm. and we discuss you know sex relationships, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and. One of the regular complaints is, oh, black women refuse to take birth control, you know, <laughs> and Excuse you. I'm like, yeah, I don't. And I tell people that I don't. It's not something that I'm sneaking on anyone. I'm not poking holes and condoms and shit out here. Right? right. But, you know, now that this topic has come up, I'm like, I wonder how many people um, are, how many black men are willing to, to take it. Ooh, that would be interesting. I did not think about it. Okay, I see you, scientist Kimberly. I see you. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see what happens. Awesome, awesome. All right, are you ready for the next story? Yes, I'm ready for the next story. All right, so abortion is legal um, in the United States. It's legal and protected in the United States. Um, and over the last few years, a lot of states have been trying to restrict access um, to abortion and the latest type of regulation that's been that legislators have been trying to put out there has been trying to require and this is happening in Texas. Texas is trying to pass a new law that requires women to bury or cremate their fetal tissue. So that's it. That's the story. <laughs> that's the story. That's the story. That's the story. I mean, that's the. That's ridiculous um, <laughs> to me. To me, like the baby's already out. Like, why do you have to further the trauma? Like, by yeah, um, burying your own. Like, huh? Yeah, I I just read this this morning before we before we uh before we got on the phone and yeah, I thought it was. I mean, Texas is always trying to do you know no shade to Texas, love, love Texas. Um, but they stay the trying to do the most. And when we're really thinking about women who are getting abortions, I mean, funeral. First of all, like you're saying, yes, we don't know. We don't know all of their experiences. We don't know if this is like tr- was traumatic or they're relieved. I mean, there's so many different emotions that come after having an uh, an abortion. And then to now sit there and be like, all right, well, here's this baggie. We need you to go cremate or bury, um, you know, the, the, the fetal tissue is just kind of like, okay, what are y'all doing? And cremation on average is like $4,000 where funerals are ranging on average at $10,000. So it's like, wait a second, what are y'all doing? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, that's over the top. Um, it's just really insensitive. I think that there's this common misconception that women that abort are just, you know, out here doing so all willy nilly. Like, no, it's a decision. Right. You know, it's and it's a hard decision. Right. Um, not one that 
I really had to deal with. Um, but there was that scare where I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of feelings and emotions that popped up um, before my period did. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's fair. Yeah, I think, I don't. yeah, like you said, I think the key word here is just like punishment and for what, and especially if someone's making this choice, you know, out of their own free will, like, can you, can you back out my business, please? Like, get out. It's not like you're giving subsidies for, for this anyway, like, and it's just unnecessary. Like, what, what is this? It is, it is, you know, um, yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. (laughs) This left, it left us, it left me a little, a little just, uh, I just, I had to talk my head. I'm like, I don't even know what to say. Like, this is dumb. This is dumb. <laughs> it's just dumb. That's the, that's the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 All right. In our last story, um, I just thought this was a feel good story. Uh, this, uh, Detroit Lions linebacker. I don't know too much about football. I don't know if you're into football. So I'm I'm not so I'm completely off the mark here, but I thought this was good. <laughs> I thought this was a good story. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. Go ahead. <laughs> this guy, um, DeAndre Levy, uh, Detroit Lions linebacker, has raised more than thirty thousand dollars for Enough Said, which is an organization in Detroit that helps with sexual violence advocacy and also helps test rape kits um in detroit so one rape kit in order to say to test it is 490 dollars and deandre has done a really good job being a spokesperson for this and one of his quotes is that there's a lot of effects to it and this is one of the things where we have to create a culture where we're supportive men women and children who decide to report stand up and say something and do the right thing um, evidence is sitting in a warehouse for 20 years or whatever, and it's just unbelievable. So I thought that was really awesome of DeAndre. You better go ahead, DeAndre. I know. I think that's very sweet of him, and um, it's definitely important to, you know, show as a man, like, hey, these things matter, mm-hmm. and it's it's something that needs to be addressed and taken care of, and you know, show it some some thought and yeah, I mean, that's just great. I think I mean, that's fantastic. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, that's the end of our Snatch Chat or Sex News. And let's move on to talking about you and your amazing work and your thoughts. So okay. we have today, today we are, it's all about, it's all about the vag. It's all about the V. It's all about, it's all about all of that. So the reason why, um, like I said, we're doing um, the show around this topic and just talking more about your insights is because after our first show, um, when I had said uh, just a couple of just things for women to know about, you know, labia being different from woman to woman or, you know, size of the clitoris being different and um, that the vagina is not supposed to smell like peaches and strawberries. Uh, I got tons of emails and some feedback around like, Oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't know that. Or I didn't know, I didn't know that, you know, my labia were supposed to be different like this. I just thought there was something wrong with me. And, you know, just thanks so much for that insight. So, um, I've been getting requests for this type of show and I reached out to you because 
you know, one, I think you are such a powerhouse for women's empowerment, but also because of the work that you do, I thought that, hey, you know what? Kimberly sees a lot of, um, in between parts, a lot of vulvas, a lot of vaginas. (laughs) And um, as a person who sees a lot of them, I felt like, all right, you know, Kimberly could definitely help us in trying to dispel some myths, trying to help us with some different tips around hygiene, um, and just definitely talking about some misconceptions that we may have and trying to make us more comfortable. So I guess my first question to you is, what made you jump into um, this work around vaginal aesthetics and waxing, et cetera? Um, gosh, a lot of things. Um, I, I mean, there's so many roads that brought me here, honestly. But um, I'll give you the short version. I've always <laughs> worked with the body. I've always been fascinated by it, always enjoyed it. I mean, from, like, elementary school, you know, I was looking at anatomy books and things like that. But... Um, I'm boy crazy, you know, so I always focused on male parts. Mm -hmm. I was the water girl and manager and all that from middle school and high school, went to college and studied sports science, um, graduated, worked with the NFL for a little while. And then in my early 20s, I started going through the little early 20 stages and changes. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like a second puberty or whatever? Like, I don't know what's going on with my body. And I realized, like, dang, I've been working with men for so long, and I really don't even know anything about my own stuff. Mm. So um started just doing more research and looking at it and all that stuff. And um, I don't know. I believe that certain things just kind of come into your life when they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. And around this time, I was running into a lot of other women that had the same questions that I had. Like, girl, is that herpes? Is that an ingrown hair? Yeah. What can I do about it? And, you know, I have these scars and I have this below the belt and blah, blah, blah. You know, it was a lot of things, you know, um, experiences I had, people I met that made me realize I'm not alone and I need a place that can address these issues because there's obviously a lot of other women out here going through the same thing. So, yeah. Short version. That's the short version. Oh, my gosh. That's beautiful. Look at that. I love that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean, sort of the same thing that happened with me and Vagisteam. I was kind of, you know, I had was getting a lot of questions from friends, and I just noticed a lot of different themes were popping up around just women not being comfortable or women choosing not to be, not to engage in certain sex acts because they weren't comfortable what with what was below the belt. And I really felt that in order to move past that, in order to have good sex and healthy sex, you know, you have to become acquainted with your vagina. You have to become acquainted with your vulva and become comfortable and understand like, all right, this is what you have and it's unique and it's wonderful and it's different for you and just embracing it. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. What do you think is the biggest misconception women have about the vulva and vagina? Um, the biggest misconception that they have, um, well, I can only speak for my demographic. I live in Atlanta. Obviously, there's a lot of women of color here. And the number one complaint or concern that I get is, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm dark down there. 
Oh my gosh, I have these marks. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, like I want to be even. I want to be all one color. And I'm like, nobody is all the way even. Nobody is all one color, especially women of color, mm-hmm. you know. But even my Caucasian and Latina and Asian clients, I mean, they're a little tanner in their more intimate areas than they are anywhere else, you right. know. Um, so. That's one misconception or concern I know a lot of women have. I try to tell them, like, hey, you know, it's okay. Um, They're like, I want to be completely smooth, like the girls that, you know, I see in porn or in magazines and XYZ. I'm like, girl, let me tell you something. Right. Between Photoshop, some of the airbrush work that I've actually done on porn sets before, that's not real. Not real, you know. I mean, I'm not saying that nobody out here (laughs) has completely even skin. You know, there are a lucky few, but... There's, there's always a little change in shade and, you know, it's okay. Yeah, no, I totally hear you. I <laughs> I know I shouldn't always be trying to bring men into the mix, but since men are the counterparts, I'm like, listen, as much work as we're trying to do and as critical as we are, I hardly find men that are that thinking that critically about oh man, damn, I got the, I got all of this hair on my balls or, oh man, I'm not even down there. (laughs) I'm like, um, no, but they're not spending a whole bunch of money trying to figure out how to bleach and how to figure all this stuff out. Like they're fine. And they, they shouldn't have Mm -hmm. much to say because all their stuff is just boom, all over the place, just out there. I found a lot of men do trim, but no, I mean, I'm not getting a lot of them in the studio. They're not going to the lengths that women are going to because they're not being told by society, you know, that they're gross if they don't or that they have Mm. to. Um, But also, um, and this could just be my experience. Yeah. um, That those things stop anybody. I haven't found that any ingrown hair scarring or bumps that I have (laughs) stopped anything. The hair hasn't stopped anything. Like, it's never stop the show and somebody um made a very very good point mm-hmm. the other day oh my she was so cute she was in new orleans this wild child that i have to go visit and <laughs> like what you like meaning that if you're confident about it yeah you're just kind of like whatever you know it's, it's like whatever shit yeah no and, like and you're right like. so if you want to keep hair on your coochie and you know, just shape up the sides or leave a strip or whatever the case may be. If you just kind of go in and don't apologize for it, like, oh, my gosh, blah, blah, blah. One, they're probably not even noticing. Right. Um, And two, they'll probably completely overlook it. You know, I've had maybe one guy my whole life actually comment on um, some scarring that I had or some pubic hair, and I'm like, Uh, okay, so... Excuse you? Are you not going to? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I just kind of looked at him like, okay, and... (laughs) you're still going to munch my box, so it really doesn't matter <laughs> what you're saying right now. <laughs> How about you quiet down with your comments and get and get to work? How about that? Stop it. Nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> yeah. But you're and right. It's not stopping anything. Yeah. It's not stopping anything. And you're so right. I mean, when we're talking about men not really having the sense of urgency, you're right. What you said about society, when I walk into just a grocery store and you go into you know, the intimate aisle and there's a whole wall of summer's Eve and all of these different things. Always tell women, these products are here to make you feel badly about yourself. 
you you do not need you do not need to douche and that's something that i feel like is, is the biggest misconception the douching part and a lot of people not knowing the effects and i have i have women who are like 50 years old in my classes sitting and talking about well you know my mother taught me x my mother taught me that you had to put powder on it my mother taught me that you're not clean after your period unless you douche and it's like no no, that's so unnecessary. And so there's a whole industry out there that is not giving us products that are needed. And they're giving us products that kind of shame um, our natural, our natural sense, but also the natural um, aura of what, of what our body parts are supposed to smell like and feel like. Yeah. It's yeah. time to put the Victoria's Secret body wash and the Summer's <laughs> Eve and all that stuff down. It is. Um, that's just another one of those things that I'm I'm not self conscious about at all. Yeah. Um, and just never really have been. It's like okay, I'll make sure it's clean. I feel like any adult um, that has had any kind of sexual contact or even just knows themselves should know the difference between okay, you know, she has an infection funk and. Mm-hmm. She's just been working all day, funk. Um, a lot of women come into the studio and they're apologizing, like, oh, my gosh, and I'm sorry, I didn't have time to take a shower. And I'm like, honestly, it's okay. You know, I have wipes or something if that makes you feel better. Right. You can go use the restroom and freshen up if that makes you feel better. But I, as another woman, can tell the difference between, you know, sweat, right. whatever, and okay, girl, you need to see a physician before you can get this service. Like, I can, you know, there, there's a difference. That's there's awesome. A difference. And yeah. um, I think people need to be educated on that. You know, it's going to smell a little tart at the end of the day, the same way balls smell a little tart at the end of the day, but I don't see ball wash. <laughs> There's no, there's no peaches and cream ball wash. Nope. Nope. There sure isn't. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet the set, because the because the patriarchy is still in effect but we got it i i'm going to invent it with you i'm going to invent it with you I'm a, yes, we're going to create a whole million dollars millions of dollar industry to to create some ball wash and see how that goes ball they wash. they need some fr- they need some freshening up they need they need some of that they do <laughs> they do they they do we all do but they they do <laughs> so what do you think is the biggest mistake that we make when it comes to our hygiene or hair m- removal or products that we use? So I admittedly, I'm going to tell you, don't be mad at me. I've never, ever, ever, ever gotten waxed before. So, mm-hmm. and I think that, I think that has to do a lot with the, I, in my brain, my mind, I'm like, ooh, this is painful. And that's not to say I don't remove the hair. Like I clip it down or something that I used to do a lot, which I've learned is not good is shave. Um, because mm-hmm. I, that resulted in a lot of just like ingrown hairs or pain. And so I've been getting questions lately about like, all right, so what should I do first? Should I exfoliate? Because especially women of color with curly hair, it's like, well, it's curly down there too. And I've, you know, been reading tons of things and I'm also trying to like think through like, all right, is this even necessary? And so what do you think are our biggest mistakes? One, I think it's just not taking the time to get to know your body first. Mm. Um, I think that's a 
a big one. Because um, so often, one, we're doing things just because our parents told us to. Like you just yeah. said, you know, oh, you got to put powder on it, or you've got to use this, or yeah. you got to use that. Well, you know, that might have worked for grandma back in the day because it wasn't Johnson and Johnson and all their 50 million bad chemicals. Yeah. You know, now <laughs> it's a little different. So you might want to find a more natural alternative or just skip it all together. Or, you know, even if the ingredients in these things are the same, your body chemistry might be different from your mom's or your sister's or your grandmother's. Yes. So, you know, I have a friend that, you know, I, I don't agree with this, but she uses summer's Eve mm-hmm. and things like that. That's her go-to. You know, yeah. she can use anything and won't get DV, won't break out, whatever. That's just how she is. That's the kind of body makeup she has. Right. If I use anything in D's cabinet, girl, I'd be <laughs> at the nearest urgent care, okay? Like, I think you just have to know your body. Um, know what your smell is. Know what your sensitivities are. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a big mistake a lot of people make because at the end of the day, it's not one size fits all. Do I want the whole world to buy, you know, my products and stuff like that that I have now and they're coming out? Absolutely. But if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you, you know, find something else or get it all together. So, yeah, for sure. And I, yeah. And I appreciate you bringing up the Johnson and Johnson piece because, and something that I just shared in one of my classes last week was, um, there was this, there was a woman who was just going back and forth with me about, you know, using baby powder. She's like, well, how am I going to remove, you know, the sweat and how am I going to keep it fresh? And it's like, um, Johnson and Johnson just paid out a woman. Millions? Yeah. Millions of dollars. And I mean, it was not even her, it was her family because she died from the chemicals that were in in the baby powder and it caught, I think it caused her ovarian cancer. And it did. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was it's, a large, large, large amount of money. Right. And they admitted to everything. It's, it's so ridiculous. And so it's like, yeah, someone I'm, and, and when I read into that woman's case, I think it was her, her mother, her grandmother told her like, you need to use this to freshen up and you need to use this. And she used it every single day in her whole entire adult life. And so these chemicals do have an impact. And when we're thinking through, when we're thinking through the chemicals that we see on our shelves or the products that we see on our shelves, they're not all intended to help us. This, this, these are people that are trying to, you know, make money and also they build off of our insecurities. So like you were saying, if we take the time to get to know our natural smell we get to know the parts that we have, then we would know like, okay, no, it's supposed to have a slight odor. And that's what I always tell my students starting like in fifth grade when we're talking about puberty and hygiene. Something that I always tell my students is when you step out of the shower and even though you've washed under your armpits, there's still an aroma there. And that's your natural body odor. And that is what your body smells like. And that's perfectly natural. That is fine. That is yours. And it's different from other people. And so getting to know that aroma, getting to know what is unique to you is definitely important before we go out um, and try and buy some of these products that are on the market. Absolutely. You know, I mean, even 
more artificial things like perfume don't smell the same on everyone, mm-hmm. you know? Like, there are things some people put on, I'm like, oh, it smells so good on that. <laughs> then I put it on, you know, somebody else or me, and I'm like, um, like I said, just getting to know you and what works for your body is really, really important. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So what is the biggest mistake that we make when it comes to hair removal? And I know I, I made all I've made all the mistakes so that everybody doesn't have to do them. Uh, that 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 dollar store razor, though, has not helped me. And I, I'm probably like one of your I need to I need to jump on the plane and come to you in Atlanta. I think I'm only going to be comfortable with you <laughs> if I go that route. But what are we doing wrong? Um. Once again, it's um, it's knowing your body and knowing yourself. Like, do I want everybody to be on the waxing gravy chain? Absolutely. I want everybody to wax and experience waxing and all that jazz. But, you know, there are some people out there that shave and they're perfectly fine. Mm. They don't get, man, one hair bump. You know, That's they don't me. get any kind of infection. They don't get any scarring. And I'm like, you lucky duck. Well, if that's working for you, I'm not going to force you to come and see me for a wax. You know, um, are the results better and long-lasting? Yeah, but mm-hmm. some people, I mean, their hair grows differently or their skin is different. So yeah. if shaving's fine for you, then by all means, you know, shave. Um, as waxing, the biggest mistake I think people make when it comes to that is trying to cut corners. If okay. you're going to do it, you know, just do it big, as they say. Don't try to do the do-it-yourself kits. I get disaster calls all the time after 11, 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you still open? I know you're open late. I'll pay you extra, but I just need you to get this off of me. I can't do it. And I'm like, hey, I'm at home. I'm in bed. Or <laughs> I am out of town. Or, you know, I can't make it, whatever the case may be. You know, and a lot of people have ended up actually going, you know, to the ER oh, no. trying to do it because they pull the skin off ah! or, you ah! know, they... They tear something. One woman kind of tore her labia. No. Creased right there between the labia and no. the thigh. Oh, no. Damn it. She split that. No. I can't. I mean, it can get. But, um, yeah, I've seen and heard of all kinds of stuff. So I just tell people, find a place that is reputable, that's clean, where the person is licensed. Um, yeah. Find somebody that you're comfortable with and and do that. Um, you can also make mistakes when it comes to choosing a good waxing establishment. You know, you want to make sure, like I said, that they're licensed, that they're sanitary, that the place is not only clean in appearance, but they're not double dipping. Um, they're not reinfecting areas by not using gloves or um, using the same strip over and over again oh, in one no. spot. You know, just little things like that. Cleanliness is important. Um, and as far as other methods of hair removal, oh, nares, cream depilatories, and stuff like that, I'm just not a huge fan of. Um, particularly for black women. Yeah. I just find it doesn't, it just doesn't work as well, um, for us. And, you know, this is me just speaking for myself and the women that I know. There's a time limit on the bottle. That time limit dissolves maybe other types of hair Mm -hmm. really easily, but coarser hair, it might not dissolve it Mm -hmm. in that time limit. But if you go over that time limit trying to dissolve the hair, you are severely irritating your skin. And I think that 
a lot of us have experienced that I know I have where I let it sit and sit and sit. And I'm like, okay, it's kind of burning, but the hair is just still there when I'm wiping it off or rinsing it off, you know, and the next thing you know, I finally do get the hair out, but there's this nasty chemical burn there too. Oh, no. um, it's, it's too strong for the skin, but it's not strong enough to get the hair out in no. the way that you would want it to come out. Mm-hmm. And, that's just the experience I've had with it. So I just feel like, you know, being a professional, whether it's waxing or lasering, is the way to go. So do you ever see women who are, who are, who just don't want to, or, or it's not their preference to remove their hair? Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people like that and that's fine. You know, I offer services to people that want to keep their hair. I keep my hair, you know, a Mm -hmm. lot. Um, Depending on my mood, I mean, it's, it's, that's always a funny conversation. That's that's always a really funny conversation because... Well, no, that's awesome. And that's the, the, I asked that because, you know, I do meet, I I do meet people who are like, Hey, no, this is, you know, this is the hair that I have. This is, you know, it's here for a reason. And, you know, I like to just trim around it and keep it neat, but I like to keep my hair and, you know, and I feel like whatever you want to do with your hair. And I always say it's a matter of choice that, you know, choose to do that. And I think that's fine. I think that's great too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whatever you want. There's a lot of things that you can do with it. You can let it all be there. You can shape it into a strip, into a box, a triangle, whatever the case may be for you. You know, do it. I just always have an issue when I see women do it for a man. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with doing mm. it for a partner or something like you. that. If you just, you know, want to be sweet, do something special for him. But there's women out there that think, oh, my gosh, like, He's not going to be turned on or he's not going to like me or he's not going to want to do this or, you know, he's going to leave me if I don't mm-hmm. stay on top of it. And I'm like, that's not healthy. You yeah. know, he shouldn't make you feel that way. And, you know, if he feels that strongly about it, hopefully he's getting waxed and stuff, too, because, I mean, let's be real, completely fooled all the time up against the burning bush doesn't really feel good. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> that's my two cents. No, I, I think, no, I, I, that's such a great point. Just, and that's why I think it's like a matter of your preference. You can't, and then that's the thing. It's like, it is an investment. It is money that you pay. And it's also just, you have to do what's best for you as well. So I totally agree with that. Yes, ma'am. So my last question is, how do you think we could become more comfortable with our vulvas and vaginas? Um... How do you think you can become more comfortable with it? Um, like, what can we, if wow. there are any tips that you have or guidance that you can give us, how can we become more comfortable with all of what we got? I, think, I mean, this is this is hard to, hard advice to give. <laughs> um, because, of course, everybody is not like me, meaning yeah. that they're not in a position where they see a lot of different types of vagina, mm-hmm. um, but if somehow, some way, you have the opportunity to view it on everyday normal people, not on movie stars on the screen, not on porn stars, not on models, you know, just see actual vagina for mm-hmm. what it is, um, and just being comfortable with nudity overall, I think that definitely helps. It always is so funny to me when 
people run out of the room when there's a naked woman like, uh-uh, I don't want to see that, or I don't want to be this, or, I don't want to, and I'm like, okay, but you're squeamish about seeing a normal person, yeah. you know, undressing in front of you, but then you come in and you say, I want my vagina to look like that porn star, so you've seen the porn star vagina, and, <laughs> and you were fine with it, with seeing that, but your sister or your friend or whatever changed clothes in front of you, and you're like, uh-uh, go to the bathroom and do that, like, mm. Mm. No, you know, um, so just if you have the opportunity or if it comes up, you know, just don't be shy about it. You know, just looking at different people and realizing, hey, we're all different and we're all shaped differently and made differently. And that's okay. Um, definitely um, help. Definitely. For me. Yeah, no, I think, no, that's yeah. a great tip. And it's something that I do every time we have a Vagistine workshop. I don't have a million pictures of different vulvas out, out there, but I do like to post them up around the room because not enough people have seen uh, what another everyday non- <laughs> right, what it looks like. And some people don't know that. And, you know, sometimes I post up different posters and some of the projects that I use include like there's something called the labia project. And there's also another project called the, um, the book of vaginas and oh yeah, they actually show you just like all different, you know, thin, skinny women, like <laughs> everybody, what different, you know, vulvas and vaginas look like. And it's very unique. And I have a lot of women who are like, Oh, I didn't know that. Like some people have really long labia and some people have like Maybe you could barely see or people have like really big clitoris and like really small ones that you could barely see as well. And so it's very different. And I don't think as women, we always have that opportunity. I feel like, you know, men, especially depending on which locker rooms you're in, they at least have an opportunity to see somebody else's. <laughs> or, I mean, I don't know if anybody's right. looking. I know the... They walk uh, around with their junk out all the time. Exactly. Like, <laughs> modest, even in front of each other. So... <laughs> You know, maybe that's where yeah. the discomfort comes from. Like, the fact that you really don't see regular bodies. Mm-hmm. And when you do see bodies, it's, it's on TV or yeah. it's on a magazine somewhere. And, yeah. you know, not to say that these people don't naturally have incredible bodies. I mean, I've seen some in person, my goodness. But, yeah. you know, there's always a little bit of nip and tuck there, a little bit of airbrushing, a little bit of photoshopping, or just really good lighting, mm-hmm. you know, when you're looking at it in the media. So... For sure, for yeah. sure. So you know, take a take a look at some of those projects um, because those are actual, mm-hmm. real you know, real people's bodies. And yeah, I totally agree with you. We gotta see some other ones that are just not you know, in case in case we in case we are, are uh, trying to you know not we shouldn't compare, but in case we're trying to see what others are like, which are very different, and unique. We need to take a look and see what's happening. So for sure. Right, right. So we are at the end of our time together. So this is definitely, definitely welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So I know I think you're doing amazing work. I think you're just I think you're just everything. I think you're, you know, empowering women Thank in you. so many different ways. I've seen you, I've seen you embracing our sisters that like the hair. 
and by coloring it. I've seen I've seen some of your pictures. So yeah, oh my gosh, <laughs> I got my last little Instagram page stripped down. I was so sad about it. <laughs> But, um, when I, I saw you dyeing the hair, I was like, okay, I see you. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I am going to shoot you my new social media link. Yeah. Um, I'm learning that I cannot limit everything to Instagram <laughs> because that gets me in trouble. Um, so I'm going to have a Facebook page and there will be an art gallery coming up on Tumblr very soon um, that will show everything so Yay. I'm looking forward to that no, oh, and so great. Snapchat will be featuring live waxes so you get to see all the vagina there too oh like. whoa you see look at that everybody we get real life look at that yeah. our, fa- our fairy vag godmother here has gifted us with real live vaginas um <laughs> so where can we find where can we find you do you have any upcoming events and how can we support your work um no upcoming I do my annual vaginally themed art show, um, but that won't be until April of 2017. Okay. Um, as far as social media, you can find me at Baba Boom LLC on Instagram. And like I said, I'll send you the links for the other stuff yeah. if you want to share it at a later date. Absolutely. But yeah, right now it's Baba Boom LLC. All right. And that's V-A-V-A-V-A-V-O-O-M-L-L-C. Uh-huh, that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kimberly, for spending time with us. Thank you for sharing all your Thanks insights. For this opportunity. <laughs> you are absolutely welcome. And thank you so much for empowering us and having these conversations. So I will talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, girl. <laughs> Okay, ladies, now let's get information. I say, okay, ladies, now let's get information. You know you were that bitch when you called all this conversation. Always stay gracious, best revenge is your paper. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. I say, okay, ladies, now let's get information. You know you were that bitch when you called all this conversation. 